a two-chord track loaded with soul. A K-pop banger with the most slamming hook of the year. And an incredibly powerful and emotional performance. You're listening to Themes and Variation. Themes and Variation is a podcast about music and perspectives brought to you by the online music school Soundfly. I'm your host, Carter Lee. Well, folks, we have another themes and variation for you, a very special episode. This has been certainly a very challenging and trying year uh, for everyone everywhere. But I definitely firmly believe that art can be a catharsis. And so for this episode, we wanted to look at some songs that helped myself and our guests get through the year that was. So joining me for this therapeutic journey into some songs that we love are Surma Munyar and Carrie Herbert. You might remember Surma from our episode on memorable vocal performances. You might know her as the remarkable singer and producer that she is. Simply put, she's one of the hardest working people that I know, and she's done some amazing work for us here at Soundfly, including being the author of our course, Modern Pop Vocal Production, one of my all-time favorites. And rounding out the panel today is the remarkable singer and songwriter, Carrie Herbert. I first met Carrie. She came to us looking to reach some musical goals. We paired her with Surma for some sessions. And I mean, she just took the ball and ran with it, putting out her own records, producing and mixing everything herself. She's a truly incredible artist. Carrie's also an arts psychotherapist, supervisor, and PhD student. She's an incredibly fascinating person and was perfect for this theme. And of course, if you would like to work with a mentor like Carrie did with Surma, just drop us a line at support at soundfly.com. Tell us about yourself and your goals, and we will help you reach them. But without further ado, let's get into the episode, Songs That Got Me Through the Last Year. All right, folks, another edition of Themes and Variation. I am very, very, very happy to be joined by uh, Miss Carrie Herbert. Carrie, how are you doing today? I'm great, thanks. It's awesome to be here. Thanks so much for joining us. I, I mean, you have such a, a unique story in music. I want to get into that and get deep into it. Also, the track you picked today is just absolutely incredible. So, so excited to talk about that. And joining us, another returning guest, a themes and variation all-star, in my opinion, Ms. Surma Munyar. How are you doing, Surma? I'm doing fine, Carter. How are you? I am good. Uh, guys, we're talking songs that got me through the last year. I think... I mean, it goes without saying, something as uh, the last year is just crazy. Obviously, global pandemic, everything else going on. I got to ask you guys, though, for this theme, as, as I like to do, were there any tracks that you considered that you didn't end up landing on for today's episode? Yes, actually. Carrie <laughs> picked. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's one of my favorite artists ever. He's from Iceland. Uh, so you know how Icelandic names are. Uh, you know, very special, very beautiful, but kind of difficult to pronounce if you're not from Iceland. <laughs> yeah. Olaf, Olafur Arnolds? Am I saying that right? Carrie, what, what do you think? How, how should I pronounce his name? Well, I was just looking it up because I didn't want to get it wrong either. And uh, it's, it's Icelandic. It's got particular nuances to the pronunciation. But yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Olafur Arnolds. Yeah. 
Right. So you picked a song by him, a performance by him. And I was actually thinking about picking something by him also because I was doing a lot of writing this past year and I listened to his music a lot in the background whenever I wrote articles, emails, you know, it was just very calming. But then I went in a completely different direction once Care was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick a song by him. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and Carrie, did you have any, I mean, I, I, I don't want to spoil the surprise uh, just yet as, as to what track you did pick, but were there any, yeah, what tracks did you consider maybe before landing on your selection? Well, it was interesting because this just stood out so much to me that I, I just had to stay with mm. it. And uh, it's actually the, the whole of his sessions for the Sunrise Solstice in December. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of tracks and uh, it was hard to choose one, but this is the one that stood out that we're going to be dipping into. It's funny too, like I didn't intend for this. I guess it did make sense. They all came out this year as far as tracks uh, that that, that we selected. I thought about picking uh, Tom York's The Eraser as just a, a track and a record that I keep going back to again and again and again. And um, was one that that this year was definitely I was I was listening to a lot. Certainly listening to all new music, and uh, you know what? Let's let's dive right into our first selection, which is uh, which is my pick for the episode. listening to Night Rider featuring Freddie Gibbs from Tom Mish and Yusef Days from the record What Kind of Music. Had had either of you heard this track before uh, I selected it for, for the pod? No, but I was thinking, I wonder if Carter can like a track without a good bass line in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was listening the because I, I was thinking like there's no way because he must be it's just you know it comes with the territory I guess of being a it, bass player it does <laughs> I I'm, I got the same question for you uh, flipped obviously with vocals when we get into into your track but I I would like to think that yeah I can like a track without great bass but it happens to be that this is a bad example of that because I'm going to talk about the bass and the bass playing quite a bit. Carrie, you had not heard this song either, right? No, I haven't heard the song either. And it's uh, it's awesome. I'm already in the vibe. It's like a driving song, right? Ex- you hit exactly like on my, my first point. So like various stages of the pandemic, particularly at the beginning, though, when we actually did go full lockdown in California, the long drive was one of the like things that that I was doing just to get out of the apartment. If you see the animated video, that's literally all they're doing. They're just driving and it's a really beautifully uh, animated video as well. But it's just like the perfect track you get behind the wheel and just kind of sink into a little bit. And that's that was one of the only thing I know, like driving California isn't always particularly Los Angeles is like sometimes the most stressful thing you can do. But um, at least on the weekends, it's like I got to go out and do something everything's closed, can't really do anything. 
let's just go for a drive. The main thing I want to talk about this track is the subtle build of it. It it doesn't peak too high. The lows aren't too low. It's just a very steady, steady five minutes of like warmth and, and gooey goodness. Well, I was thinking how not every track has to have all these sections that hit hard while I was mm. listening to this. Because what you said is exactly true. Some tracks are just good for putting on and they start at a certain way and they end in the exact same way. Some things happen, come in and go throughout and there's something still engaging about it. It's meditative. Yeah, I, I just love that I kind of groove. You can just feel it sinking in your body. You know, it just feels mm-hmm. like you're kind of, even though it's got that sense of movement, a bit like the, the, the music video, it's kind of, it's moving, but it's not, you know, you're kind of like grounding into it, you know, so it's got this really awesome groove that kind of hooks you in and then you're, you're in. A hundred percent. And that, yeah. I think what gets you, there's a lot of things I think that contribute to me into what, what I'd call the subtle build of this track, the lush guitar, the way the bass takes a while to enter. And when, when it does come in, uh, just muted, totally muted notes, still just like fit in that pocket, hitting those hits, da, 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 uh, with, with Yousef Days. The drums are up front and present in the mix, but it's just like riding the hi-hat, feels really, really good and pocketed. Some gorgeous background vocals from Jordan Rockeye. Uh, Jordan's music, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. Origins, this record he put out this last year, is mind-blowingly good. To me. Speak up if you want to fight it. The first chorus does have a little bit more energy as it ramps up to it. I want to play you guys that chorus, of course, in a second. It's just pure vibe. The entire track, it's two chords, let's go. That's basically the whole gist. So here's that first chorus and the transition to it. good musicians given a very basic tune to play in terms of harmony and and things like that and they all just like ride the perfect wave together really really hard to do that for five minutes as a group but they absolutely do that i don't know if they recorded that song in a studio all together in the same room but it certainly feels that way and Mm -hmm. i'd be interested in finding out what the recording situation was for the whole thing i think it was recorded pre covid uh, which definitely would have would have changed things but it does feel all in the same room uh, like the playing is it's very rem like these are my favorite kind of tunes to record particularly as a bass player where you have two chords and like a bass you have those hits okay we're gonna hit those most of the time bah, 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 together but other than that you just kind of got to listen to each other that's it there's so much listening going on we got to talk about the bass Sermon. I mean, yeah, it's hard for me to like a tune if the bass playing isn't like absolutely sublime like it is on this track. I thought going into it for sure, this is going to be Pino Palladino's son, Rocco, who does appear on this record uh, on Liftoff and Kiev. He's an incredible, incredible oh, player. Wow. <laughs> 
and the playing sounds like okay that could that's got some pino vibe it's actually a dude named tom dreisler a new favorite player of mine he absolutely kills it on this track the, the use of harmonics in spots that i would not necessarily think would be there it's so good his touch throughout the muted work uh just super pocketed playing that locks in with yusef dave's drums um there's this lick in terms of like the everybody listening to each other this lick at about two minutes and 30 some seconds that i've got to play for you guys it's just like so good this is where we go top down with the cruise control come on that's so good it starts in like a, a more abstract spot he lands on the 13 then he hangs on the nine uh and just like stuff for a bass player that you wouldn't normally tend to, to hear and think about but like in a track like this it totally is appropriate like a classic soul track yusef days like picks up on that that lick and then finishes it off almost like right after tom kind of finishes what he's playing can't do it alone i'll take you to the fight of the line one of the last things i want to talk about on this track is the harmony throughout there's not a lot to it e minor nine to a i'm gonna call it 13 sus big chord right but like those are my favorite 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 songs to play on two chords bass line for the e minor has a very kind of so much freedom line so much freedom particularly like basically what i what i hear is like okay first chord we're gonna like the bass in particular is gonna have a basic line to play but then on the a13 it's just go off everybody play play whatever you want the the thing about the e minor the way tom and his vocals hang on the nine at the start of every verse phrase is just so 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 dope i got like just hangs up there and then tons of space and then resolves it and that's the entire track it's Here's a really cool idea and a melodic hook that's going to get buried into your ears. Then we're going to leave a bunch of space. And then we're going to answer that motif. Like, that's the entire track to me in a nutshell. Well, it's so nice to produce as well, how it's all sort of, it's so settled, isn't it, in how it's mixed and produced. Absolutely. Like, the the guitar is mixed way wide. The bass and the drums are very centered and grounded. The The vocals are like, nothing is standing out they're to me, about, like the top. vocals seem exactly. They're, it's like a, and there's they're verbed out, bunch of delay. They fit so perfectly with everything else going on. Um, maybe where the drums and the bass are like the very like clear part of the mix. Everything else is like pure ear candy. And it's um, so interesting that the bass and the drums are dry, but everything else is so you know there are so many time based effects, and somehow it all still feels glued together. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. You know, like how how do they do that? Like I've never done a mix like that, and I always wondered that. Like making that work is so difficult. Honey, calls that I'll be chasing you down. It's a wrap so easily, so easily. on the dash. Lyrically, there's not like a lot. Like, honey, Corvette, I've been chasing you down. That's a rat. Like, it, they're not like particularly profound lyrics, which is exactly what I was looking for this last year. I'm not trying to to think, you do enough thinking, I think, throughout the days, particularly like you're locked at home. And you're just like, oh my God, I got to get out of my head. And, and maybe, like, I don't want to like 
speak to like I know so much about lyrics and what Tom is thinking here. Maybe, maybe they are very deep lyrics, but to me, they just kind of wash over you. And even like Freddie Gibbs is the, the start of his verse. He's like, should I uh, bless the track or let it breathe? I can tell like there's a discussion probably like there's a ton of space. Like, let's let this breathe a little bit in your verse. Let's give you some space. And like, he's actually using that in his verse. Like it's just so therapeutic, this track. I, I absolutely love that. But the best part really is like, we've got this subtle, subtle, subtle build Let's ramp the energy up just a little bit. How do we do that? They just like the guitar and bass starts playing up the scale a little bit. And uh, it like that's literally it. And it just like it locks in and it sounds it sounds so good. I need to lock, I got to hit my knees yeah. Freddy can't even clock in overseas Rapper of the year, fuck the nominee Party, call that I'll be chasing you down It's a rock so easily So easily on the dash And then to bring the chorus back in on this new harmonic kind of context like to me i was like that's it that's it this is the song this is what i'm picking today for sure like listening to we're listening to how you like that by blackpink <laughs> i love this song i absolutely i so i'm not i'm not in k-pop at all and I, I i think you've opened a door for me and i'm absolutely going to be diving in this was one i was listening to at home and i had to stop it's like hey have you heard the song bring her over and we just bump it like you gotta hear that chorus i swear to god i listened to it 10 times in a row without even like noticing i i'm Oh my God! I take please take us into this track a little <laughs> so bit. That oh, I actually uh, was on the same boat. I didn't really know much about K-pop. Some of my songwriter friends from New York uh, they worked with K-pop artists before, and I heard Ramblings, but it really caught my attention this past year during the pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. You heard more about these K-pop groups kind of uh, coming out and sort of crossing over to the West. Blackpink is definitely the leading uh, figure in the girl band category. We also know about BTS. Many others are Mm -hmm. coming uh, from South Korea right now. The main thing that is different about their music is that it's still pop. There are some retro uh, vibes to it. It's almost like, I don't know if this is something that you guys are familiar with because, Carrie, you're from the UK and Carter, you're from Canada, but you live in the US. Mm-hmm. So you're very much in that West world. I'm from Turkey, and my experience was everything that happened in your world came maybe like a decade later to me. When I was a kid in Turkey, when I listened to Turkish pop, I would hear the influence of 80s, even though it was mm-hmm. the 90s when I was grow- growing up. So I kind of feel that hint in K-pop as well. Like there are certain cultures that kind of crossed over to them maybe a little later Maybe that's it, or maybe it got popular a little later, 
or they're just focusing on what's on the rise and then they adapt to, to their culture and it so feels like um, them but also feels a little retro for that reason. But then again, I don't know. I mean, this is just like a personal theory because like I said, that was my experience. So I'm assuming that other cultures might have experienced something similar. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I haven't been in the UK for the last 10 years. I've been out in living in Cambodia in Asia and so struck listening to this track because K-pop is so popular in in that part of the world. And it's and even though there's such a kind of almost like a, a, a longing for Western culture, there seems to be a sped up version of getting Asian culture uh, and the music that's coming through from K-pop especially, but also other artists in the region that, you know, no one in, in the UK might have even heard of that. So I kind of am interested about these time lapses that sort of happen between between genres and eras, you know, and, and uh, how we sort of reclaim the old into the new and, but it doesn't mm. seem to be in sync globally. There's all these different nuances to it, which is fascinating. I like the word sped up because that's what I think when I listen to K-pop. It's mm-hmm. all these sections back to back that are almost like grabbed from different cultures, different genres, and it's almost like a scrapbook. Like you listen to a K-pop album and there are so many genres in there. Right now, it's mainly trap because the world is hyper-focused on trap. But, you know, like, you hear a lot of electro-pop. You hear a lot of Euro dance. Like, there are so many different genres within electronic music and pop music that you hear in these albums. And Blackpink is no different. I mean, even in the song, you hear different genres coming through. And then you hear mm-hmm. the drop, and it's like, oh, wow. Like, <laughs> where did that come from? I had no idea. Uh, chorus like that was going to happen after such a dreamy like innocent verse you know like it's very melodic there's like this arpeggiated synth part and there's Mm -hmm. not even like any drums you hear in the verse but it's still driving you the rhythm of the vocals drive you so much and you know something big is about to happen but you don't expect something badass to happen I think most of the time when uh, an artist or a group or a song drops a trap verse into a track that you're not expecting it, a lot of times it falls pretty flat. Like it just doesn't quite get there authentically. This verse crushed me. Like it is really, really good. Like the the delivery is so polished. The the flow is like just that that it's so pocketed and so dialed in. It's so good. I was thinking too, like, would I want to listen to a whole song that was just that verse like that? Possibly. Definitely actually, probably. Like it's it was so good. <laughs> the thing that's really crazy about it too, like I discovered this track because I was doing a little bit of a research on TikTok. And I was writing this article for, I think, Roland, um, Roland Articles. I contribute mm. to their platform uh, now and then. And this track just come comes out of the blue. And I'm like, what is this chorus? How on earth have I not heard about this? 
And there was this whole thing between um, South Korea and digital platforms in general. Like, it took them a minute to make this music widespread. Like, for example, I had no idea about this, but apparently Spotify wasn't even available in South Korea all this time. And Mm. it just arrived, like, not long ago, like a few months ago or something. Maybe not even that long ago. It might have been, like, two months or something. Same in Cambodia, yeah. And Same thing, already, just arrived. Like, even without their f- fans from home, this track is sitting at half a billion streams on Spotify. And that really <laughs> tells you how widespread yeah. K-pop is becoming. This track just... I mean, it's insane how people latched onto it so fast. I mean, sure, they, you know, do some tricks and there's a lot of marketing that goes into it. I'm sure, you know... Behind closed doors, a lot of things happen on YouTube to boost their numbers. But people love this song for a reason, and it's so popular for a reason. It's just all about hype, and it makes you want to move. You have to watch the dance performance video. Yeah. The way these girls, these, uh, I mean, young boys and girls train in the K-pop industry. I don't know if you know about this, but there are all these big entertainment companies that audition kids at the age of like 9, 10, 11. And they go to these training sessions as if they are like training in school, almost like a conservatory. So they take lessons for rapping, singing and dancing there's like a bunch of stuff that they do and these girls they've been training for i don't know how long but it wasn't a coincidence that they came together i mean they started the group they launched a group in 2016 and that doesn't feel like that long ago but before that there was a lot of work that went into this project you guys like felt at the beginning like the first month or two i was like i'm gonna make a ton of music this this could be a positive and that lasted for a couple months and i was really into it and then not burning out or anything but it was like okay i gotta like take care of mental health and like and like exercise and like do those things that like i'm not able to do the ways that i was before so that kind of maybe i think took priority um and now like i think after like months of that and not focusing so much on making music the making music starts to come around again a little bit when you have more energy to it but did, yeah did you feel how's this impacted your creativity individually did you did it help you focus on on things that you're working on or did it like like me kind of maybe pause that a little bit well first of all i got stuck in turkey even though i wasn't living there up until this year So 5th of March, I arrive in Istanbul and Mm -hmm. I was supposed to host this workshop at Sonar Istanbul Festival. And then I was going to stay for two weeks and then return to the States. Then the pandemic hits and I have to transition from my current, uh, well, at the time, current U.S. visa to renew it. And then I renew my visa successfully, but then the consulate shut down. So Without getting it printed on my passport, I cannot get back into the U.S. So with Mm. this situation, I had to kind of adjust my lifestyle a little bit. So before, I was focusing on a lot uh, more music. And 
I was doing a lot of teaching that involved music. But then because I was staying with my parents, I had to focus on more on my writing gigs because it wasn't easy to focus on music creation as much anymore. I didn't have as much space to do it. And then I kind of uh, decided to move to Bodrum, which is like a small town on the west coast of Turkey. Uh, my parents have a summer house here, and I kind of built a little studio here, and things kind of got back on track for me. And I actually feel really grateful for it because I like being alone. I know that's a little weird to hear when people say it out loud, but I love isolation for creativity purposes. I kind of felt like time came to a full stop and I had a chance to catch up. I mean, I got I got kind of stranded in uh, in Cambodia as I was uh, supposed to be um, going on a bit of a worldwide traveling experience and uh, ended up being in a hotel for seven months. But then that's how we met Soma. You know, we we kind of collaborated right across the world and and um, and I set up a home studio in a hotel room and and you you just open your mind up to these different dimensions of what's possible. And it's pretty blown my mind open to kind of, I don't think we've, we've really tapped into the fullness of that, but that we can collaborate um, musically and, and record around the world and put tracks together, but also to teach and to educate and inspire people and connect up and, and we can work anywhere. I mean, it's, it's just opened up a whole new ball game. It's it's really exciting to see. What's and you been made happening. a whole album after our mentorship sessions. I mean, that's pretty amazing. That never happened to me before. I worked with Soundfly as a mentor for two and a half years, and I've seen people put out tracks after our sessions. Mm. But a whole album, I mean, it's pretty pretty fascinating. And also, it's a really good album. It's really yeah. well made. And what Carrie did, I mean, she was already a great songwriter when she started working with me. She has all this experience as a musician. And she came to me and she was like, I don't know much about logic. Like, I want to be able to record this music. And I don't know if I can mix it, but I want to at least be able to put together demos. And she actually mixed a lot of the music herself by the end of our sessions, which is pretty amazing for someone who yeah. didn't have much knowledge about music technology beforehand. That that's incredible. I, I was going to save this for a little bit later, but I think I love that we naturally got there. But Carrie, your own thoughts on on uh, working with Surma? Like, I don't want to put you on the spot in front of the the mentor that you worked with, but <laughs> just kind of your own perspective, because like you know, we first met and you had all like these incredible goals and reached them. Yeah, sure, and it's okay because like, I'm very happy to say this in person to Surma, <laughs> and I have done as well. Um, and it's interesting because my initial plan was just to kind of, I, I knew Suma was uh, just would be awesome in terms of looking at things vocally. So my initial plan was like just to get down some really good solid vocal recording and get my head around what, what Logic can do. Um, and I, and originally I didn't really plan to do an album. It just kind of unfolded. And um, I think it was because there was such a kind of can-do attitude that, that Suma you gave. It was almost like, you know it's so natural and so inspiring and encouraging but yet so technical and so precise and detailed and and I just kept almost like kind of like oh yeah you can do this and yeah and then you can learn to edit and then you can learn to and then you can, and before we knew it we were on to mastering and I was like what mm. <laughs> I didn't imagine getting to that stage of understanding in such a short space of time and uh 
And I think, to be fair to cinema, you know, it's um, really the quality of your mentoring is just is just expert level. And it really took me to places that I never imagined um, getting to in, in such a short space of time and really being able to to, you know, to really mix something that I felt proud of and just, yeah, and could collaborate with other musicians and bring some really um real dimensions to recording remotely into the into the into the mixes that just felt so yeah in, satisfying inspiring and inspired everyone who was involved you know it was a mm. bit of a kind of ripple effect so i'm super grateful for our connection and for your inspiration and all oh, of this it wouldn't have happened without you song that we're listening yeah. to yeah wow it's a uh, Oliver Arnell's um song back to the sky featuring jfdr and uh, I chose this song it just keeps replaying for me but this is a particularly beautiful version that I I just really recommend everyone dips into this both this song but also the whole of the sunrise sessions which re- was recorded in Iceland on the 21st of December 2020 for the winter solstice and it's just so beautifully filmed and so I really yeah you have to see this film and I I think it's it's this juxtaposition of like it's a song about loss and it's you know I don't think there's anyone who's not been touched by loss in these times it's it's a, a global experience and a collective experience and there's something about the way that this filmed it's just it's almost like it's going around in a circle as the camera is on a track and it's like in a circle in motion around Oliver playing the piano and on his beautiful felt piano that just sounds magical and his string uh quartet they're just they're just such sensitive um players I'm not even sure if they how many times they rehearse it just felt so improvised and so fresh and yet so perfectly in sync and then you've got JFDR perched on this kind of like tunnel, which is like on the seat above. And she starts to sing and the light of the sunrise is coming through the, the windows and it just spans into this rainbow spectrum. And uh, it just feels like she's sort of talking to the worlds beyond and, and linking that with the musicians and this sort of cycle of life as you're sort of being carried around this performance that makes everything feel like it's going to be all right. This had like such a emotional impact on me. Like, it, like, and it's been a, like a long time. Like I, I'm not devoid of feelings. I totally have feelings. I'm not a robot or anything, but this song like definitely was like, Whoa. Like I, I have to, I have to take a breather before I can listen to this again. Then I listen to it again and again and again. Sarma, that was so funny. You mentioned like, I hope he's happy. Like, I hope that, <laughs> I, which is totally like, like you see. And like, I think that like maybe even the West, we have this like very 
basic view of like uh, Iceland. Like it's so cold and like dark and like everybody's maybe just seems very stern and sad. but no like i don't like icelandic people are amazing and like super warm and friendly i want to go to iceland so bad after oh my god me this. too like, yeah i'm coming <laughs> carrie you picked an amazing an amazing song i i don't even know where to start uh J, you mentioned jfdr her her singing i mean sir both your perspectives as as, as incredible singers like I, just the way she hangs on the end of each phrase and it's like so uh, like it, it's just her and a mic there's no like production bells and whistles or anything it's just an unbelievably human uh performance i would love to just have both of you just just speak to her performance for a minute because it's unbelievable i think it's she's it's like she's channeling you know it, something and it, it's you know the way that she is so embodied when she sings this particular version and the way that she's moving. It's like she is the song. She is the, you know, the way she phrases it. It's, um, it's, it's got a, such a characteristic quirkiness to it that lends itself to this sort of magical realm that she's able to access vocally. Um, and, it's, and I think, I mean, I'm such a fan of Oliver's compositions because they're so spacious it's like she's got space to breathe and articulate these absolutely exquisite lyrics a little bit of Lisa Hannigan. I don't know if you heard her voice before, her singing. Uh, she used to collaborate a lot with Damien Rice. And uh, then yeah. she kind of started her own project after a while. She's one of my favorite singers. Run on fumes and from and burn for us right through the hole. It's just amazing when you find a voice that is so perfect already in its innocence, in its raw quality. And when the singer is aware of that raw quality and they don't get all of these like um, unnatural singing lessons that kind of force them out of that realm, it's magical. Because this is perfectly on pitch. Like you listen to it oh, yeah. and it's yeah. incredible how good it sounds even though there's clearly like nothing on it, you know, there's nothing that can kind of fool you into thinking that it might be good. It's just good. It's good performance, but there's nothing showy about it. You do like the the way that, like the pauses, the, the the like almost flinty kind of approach to the end of phrases. It draws you in like you have to look closer and listen closer as as she's singing, because it's not. Yeah, it's not belty or showy or anything, but it's yeah, perfectly on pitch, perfectly phrased. Uh, uh, Carrie, you mentioned like just perfectly in the song. This is one of those things. I've had two very uh, amazing experiences viewing art the last couple of days. One is this this piece. The other is I don't know if you've seen in and of itself. 
it's uh, I don't want to talk about if I turn this into a magic podcast, we're going to be just stuck talking about magic forever. But uh, <laughs> Derek Delgadio, uh, his Broadway show in and of itself, uh, for anybody out there, watch it. It will like it's completely transcendent. And that's the same feeling I got watching this entire uh, entire sunrise session, because it's just it's it it is transcendent. It's the only way I can think about it. it it's incredibly powerful. Um, I think one of the things that that is making that happen in the mechanics of this piece is just how the tonic is danced around throughout like the the home key minor tonality I'm not I, I'm not sure exactly what key it's in but it it down, dances around that like verses start away from it and then they gravitate towards the tonic and they're there for just a moment and then they like everything just kind of gets pushed away and then comes back harmonically and where did you go And it's just very minimal, but you know, every single idea is packaged perfectly. That's what I love about his music too. And everybody he collaborates with, it always turns out that way, you know? Like he presents an idea, a melodic phrase or a chord progression, and he's like, here's this idea, and we're just going to meditate on this idea for a while. And it doesn't have to go anywhere like super different. This idea is special enough to just focus on for a bit. What do I do with the void in your shame? Leaving me fretty, I drop and I break. What do I do with half of myself? Such vulnerability, isn't it? You know, I, I think that when there is that level of artistry and delivery of, of lines that are so, um, yes, yeah, so clearly about loss and absence and that something that is irreplaceable, but to bring that degree of vulnerability into the performance so that it's as if it, it's just happened um, in, in that moment. So for anyone who's feeling that degree of loss, they'll be met and I think, you know, I'm, I'm always so struck by the emotion, emotionality and the level of vulnerability in music and how that can support people, you know, how that can build relationship and carry people through difficult times. And, you know, I just think it's just such a profound question. You know, what do I do with half of myself? That sense of severing and that sense of absence where someone can feel like bereft of a whole dimension when they lose someone. And... um she just, but she delivers it in a way that is comforting because she's not afraid to be vulnerable, and I think that's what becomes so um, um, inspiring and humbling to listen to. You mentioned this earlier, Carrie, but the entire ensemble has given themselves over to this piece of music. I think it's really easy sometimes to like. It's not. It's not easy, but like the artists will maybe like. I'm going to write a song about about loss, and maybe it's not totally authentic. And maybe, or maybe it is totally authentic for the person who wrote it, but then the rest of the ensemble is like, I'm just playing this song down and, and playing my part. But here, the again, the entire performance, it's hard for me to extract just uh, Back to the Sky uh, out of everything. Because, like, it, I mean, this song is <laughs> remarkable. But within the entire performance, everybody involved, you can tell, is so bought in 
authentically and feeling those same emotions and I think that there's there's maybe a lot of things that went into it one do, recording it on the solstice for sure I think Oliver of course carries like that energy comes from him and it and it is reciprocated amongst the entire ensemble because he's brought that to the to the track and and to the entire performance and everybody's just like okay this is we are all in this together for this you know, entire performance that, that ends up being 15 minutes, but like, feels like, like a lifetime almost like, man. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, it feels like it was kind of a bit of a, a way of maybe them making sense of these times and offering this to yeah. the world in a way. And I kind of was so struck by, I I was so fascinated by what their rehearsal process was for this gig, if at all, because there was something that was so tenderly just you know kind of communicating between like like all the instruments were like voices in this kind of harmonic um that just seemed to have such a delicacy and yet power to that um communion it felt like a communion yeah of the, the of their souls that had that spiritual dimension to it and i think that's why it, it makes it such a moving and profound piece that bridges these worlds I think that Oliver, like his touch on the piano is is the the conductor really throughout this entire piece that everybody's listening for that, for their cue of how they're going to play their own instrument. How are they going to sing? And literally everybody is like in that same, same dynamic range and, and just like fitting so perfectly together. Like, And you know that sweet spot you get. I'm sure you both know you have many times that, that sweet spot when it just is everyone's back to that kind of heart coherence, you know, when everyone's kind of connected together and it's just a sweet spot, isn't it, that you get to, it's like, yeah, this is it. And you, there aren't really the right words for it because it's just magic. Um, but I, could, I feel like that whole, you know, Sunrise Sessions is just all like in that sweet spot. When the stars align with some kind of peace I know I'm loved by you doesn't that just get you i mean it's just unbelievable it moves me to tears every time i hear that Mm -hmm. because she's holding that in the lyrics that question Um, and i know these lyrics kind of flowed i was reading about how they were created you know they just kind of flowed out as they were playing together but they she's holding that question of like which everyone is asking you know when there's a loss where do you where are you going but she's got this answer that feels so comforting and so almost like it's it's all going to be okay. I just feel sad. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I feel I, so sad, it's but it's hard. like a nice kind of sad. Yeah, almost. it is. It it presents this question mark too. That's what I like about it. I think what you said, dancing around the tonic, is what's creating that effect. You know, it's sad, but it's not like emo sad. It's mm-hmm. very sophisticated sad, like ask yourself what you're feeling right now. Be in touch with your feelings. Maybe there's something that you haven't resolved yet. It's that kind of a song, and that's why I'm like feeling a little like drained right now, even just listening to those uh, little yeah. pieces. I'm yeah. like, yeah, what's going on in my heart right now? 
Mm. <laughs> it's confronting, isn't it? I oh, totally that, confronting. That and it's like, and when it has that point of like, you know, the, the lyric that says, you know, some kind of peace. I think that's great, isn't it? Because it's not like, oh, and here's the peace. It's like, it's like gives you a glimpse of this. There can be some kind of peace in the midst of that sort of level of sadness, but it's pretty confronting. And especially given what's going on globally. Um, yeah. But I, I guess for me, you know, I kind of, I immerse myself in these worlds because I'm a psychotherapist working with, with people. So I, I'm kind of used to being in the worlds of grief and loss and trauma. And for me, when I find a song that can make, sense of it or articulate it or enable you to travel through these landscapes and sort of stay intact but feel everything then I just think that's just um, such a gift to the world Where did you go? You're going home You're going home I, I want to do like the, the fun part. I like to give our listeners a chance to just see what you're both up to musically. So Carrie, starting with you, I mean, you're such a fascinating person. Uh, we talked a little bit, I mean, you're working on your PhD, the song kites, uh, musical therapist, like all that stuff, uh, but you put a record out too. So I'm like, well, tell us about your music. Tell, tell our listeners where they can find your music, uh, what to expect. And, and please like the floor is yours to share anything about you musically that you want to share with our listeners. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I put my album out last year, um, Home With You, which is on all the major um, platforms, Spotify, iTunes and so on. And uh, and I, yeah, I'm doing my PhD in, 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 it's called The Alchemy of Therapeutic Songwriting. It's really exploring that process. Um, I'm doing that with a university in Switzerland, um, but working with people all around the world. And I'm super keen to really continue to develop that work and take it forward. So if anyone's interested in that, you know, you can contact me at um, alchemiasoul.com, which is my website, and find out more because it's uh, an area that kind of brings together um, the intersections of professional songwriting, music production, together with therapeutic um, work, but also back to your really point Carter, you know about well-being you know what's going to enable mm -hmm. artists mm -hmm. and songwriters to not only be well but to stay well and what does that really mean in these times so I'm super passionate about you know well-being of people as well as um, helping people to connect with their creative core and produce really authentic music um, and I just finished a track this week actually which is I wrote I started writing last year um I wrote it um, because I was feeling so frustrated that I wouldn't be able to see people and I couldn't do what was planned. And it's called Missing You and it's a, a bit of a pop track. It's Actually, it's very bass heavy. I don't know, Carter, maybe that's mm -hmm. yep, your no, thing. I got, a, I got a sneak peek of uh, it uh, <laughs> last night, actually, and loved it. The ba And not just because of the bass playing, of course, but uh, <laughs> that had something to do with it. Absolutely had something to do with it. <laughs> well, a big shout out to my um, my Russian mate, Andrei Masherikov, who's based in Cambodia. And uh, he's a super awesome friend of mine and collaborator. But yeah, he's he's kind of another person who's carried me through these times. Um, and uh, yeah, we I just sent it him to, uh, to the track to him yesterday and just said, oh, it's finally finished a year later. And he's like, oh, yeah, awesome. And I worked with a, a friend of mine who in Bath who's uh, working at Real World Studios, Ollie, and yeah, we just put it together and it just was a lot of fun to get something completed that seemed to span the whole chapter, but 
um, I guess sadly and also positively, it still feels utterly relevant to now because it's all about not being able to see people. But then that moment when you do, you know, that moment when you meet someone at the arrival gate and it's, you know, that kind of magical moment to meet and embrace people that you love. I think everyone's longing for those times. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Sermi, you're always up to some incredible stuff. So please, the floor is yours. What can our listeners expect from you musically? Otherwise, just anything you want to share, go for it. Uh, I'm making a lot of music right now, and all of it is just up in the air. I <laughs> just released a collaboration with another producer. It's called Not All, and a few versions of that are going to come out uh, on the 23rd of April. This is something that is going to be out there um, for a while before I have any other music coming out, even though I'm definitely sitting on a lot of music right now. Uh, I think I'm getting ready to release my debut album and all the plans regarding that. It's not up to me completely so i can't give a date yet but i think it's going to be within this year so i'm very much focused on that there are a couple of collaborations that i did that might come out this year hopefully so musically that's what's going on um i'm also writing a lot these days i'm working with roland i'm working with output which is brand new uh i started working for them in february and so if you want to read my articles about music, music technology, songwriting, music production, you can go to my site, cinemamusic.com. You can find all of my work there. And yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I've been focusing on. I also write a weekly music column in Turkey, but that's in Turkish. And I don't think it would really appeal to anybody who's listening to this episode. <laughs> hey, you never know. I'm, I'm sure we get some listeners in Turkey to the episodes that you're on for sure. So you know, check it out, Turkish people. You got to check Sermon's articles. <laughs> and that's going to do it for another episode of Themes and Variation. Thank you so much for listening. We want to know the songs that got you through the last year. So as always, there's a link to a Spotify community playlist in our show notes. Feel free to add your selections there. And if you'd like to work with a mentor, just like Carrie did with Surma, feel free to drop us a line at support at soundfly.com tell us a little bit about yourself and your musical goals and we will help you reach them and as a special treat we're going to play this one out with a snippet of carrie herbert's beautiful track home with you we'll be back in two weeks with a new episode and a new theme